Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report for October 15th, 2021. I was on one of the social media platforms the other day and I read an alarmed message from a retired homeowner. The gist of the message was, what's going on? I've ordered a new washer and dryer. I did it in July. I'm still waiting for delivery. At the grocery store, entire items are out of stock and sections of the shelves are empty. When I went to the local burger chain the other day, the drive-in window was closed because there wasn't anyone available to wait on me. What's happening in America? Well, that was the message. And today we're going to speak to part of that complaint, the part having to do with supply chain breakdowns and explore the impact on inflation and the dilemma this poses for the Federal Reserve. I'm Phil Adler. Joining me is Confluence Investment Management staff economist Thomas Wash. Thomas, you made a statement in your most recent written comment. The pandemic has shown that globalization is ill-suited to deal with global supply shocks. Can you elaborate? Hi, Phil. Thank you for having me. In a globalized world, countries are forced to rely on each other to satisfy their supply needs. For example, we make cars from parts made in Asia, partially assembled in Mexico, and sold in the U.S. When the world is relatively stable, this system allows consumers to buy the best goods at the lowest price. However, this changes when the world is relatively unstable, such as a time of war or a pandemic. During these times, supply chains are less reliable, and firms that are dependent upon them may be forced to pay higher costs for these goods, which leads to higher inflation. Some companies seem to be better prepared to deal with this situation than others. For instance, I read the other day that Levi's, the clothing company, is holding up pretty well because their production is scattered among many countries and locations. According to the report, they don't rely on just one supplier. Are other companies trying to follow this model now? I think supply chains are a lot like kids. Deep down, we all think ours are special. That said, I I don't really know enough about Levi to speak about them intelligently. I suspect that it is possible that they are having less supply chain issues relative to their competitors, but I don't know if that means that they aren't having any issues. Well, are supply chain disruptions, you think, the number one reason for the inflation we're experiencing above, for instance, the worker shortage and the trend toward higher wages? Well, it is very difficult to pinpoint one driver of inflation because it can vary depending on product. However, I do think that supply chain disruptions are likely a bigger problem than the labor shortage. You see, firms can always accommodate for a labor shortage by paying workers to work overtime or by purchasing new technology. However, if a firm doesn't have its raw material, it really can't make its goods. How long might it take for a majority of these supply chain problems to be resolved? Well, we're already starting to see the prices for freights to fall. That said, like, it's, it's very unclear if it will be resolved anytime soon. Some regions of the world are experiencing much lower inflation than others. For instance, Asia. Why? Asia has experienced less inflationary pressure because most of their production takes place either domestically or somewhere nearby. As a result, Asia has been able to deal with these supply shocks relatively better than Europe and the U.S. I wonder, does this suggest that Asian economies 
well, maybe they're dealing with their own pandemic-induced difficulties, but different in terms of inflation compared to Western nations. But perhaps they're seeing other difficulties. Yes, Asian economies are seeing an increase in their production costs, largely due to an increase in commodity and raw material prices. That said, the rise in the producer prices thus far have not had a major impact or have not leaked into consumer prices. We're seeing lots of inflation these days at a place that everyone notices, the gasoline pumps. And I also read that Europe might be dealing with a very serious natural gas shortage this winter. What has created the particular supply chain issues in these instances? Well, these supply chain issues appear to be related to a slowdown in production that took place during the pandemic. Last year, refineries reduced their capacity in response to waning demand. Now that the pandemic is fading away, these same refiners have struggled to ramp up production fast enough to meet the growing present demand. Thomas, let's turn to the dilemma that the Federal Reserve is facing. The response to inflation in the past has been to raise interest rates to rein in prices. Wouldn't this work now to ease the supply crunch? Well, assuming that raising rates leads to a stronger dollar, imports should become relatively cheaper therefore reducing some inflationary pressure. Additionally, higher rates could reduce demand, which also should be disinflationary. That said, there is a risk that higher rates could make it more difficult for firms to rebuild their inventory, which could make shortage issues much worse and minimize the disinflationary effects of higher interest rates. Could you outline the choices for the Fed and the dangers inherent in each choice? Well, if the Fed does nothing and allows inflation to remain elevated, it risks losing the dollar's credibility with investors. This could lead to a sell-off in the dollar, which could make inflation even worse. However, if the Fed raises rates too fast or too soon, it can risk angering populist politicians who prefer rates to remain low enough to maintain employment and to ensure that wages increase steadily. This could lead to more scrutiny for the Fed by Congress, especially if it leads to a recession of some sort. Do you have an inflation prediction for us? Um, as of right now, I suspect that inflation will remain elevated for the rest of the year, but should show signs of easing sometime in 2022. Right now, how might we expect the Fed to react? We expect the Fed will first wind down its balance sheet and then raise rates one or two times next year. Thomas, you write that given the current economic challenges, the chances of a policy error by the Fed are rising. How can an investor prepare? An investor can prepare for a policy error by the Fed by purchasing shorter duration bonds and tilting their equity portfolios away from riskier assets into relatively safer assets. Thank you, Thomas. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Amber.